Welcome to Tell Me Your Story. <laughs> Why did I do that elongated Andy? Welcome to Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. We're giving you uh, choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And uh, we will give you all the preliminaries a little bit later on in the program. Of course, you probably already know them. Uh, but be that as it may, I want to jump right into our interview because we have a very, very special guest who is going to talk to us about one aspect of some of those pre preliminaries that I talk about. And that has to do with our intuition and our sensitivity and uh, who and what we really are deep down inside, the, the true self, if you will, not, not the masks that we put on, ladies and gentlemen, and we put on a lot of them throughout the day. We change them, you know, like at a snap of a finger, depending upon who we're talking to. So we're not going to deal with those. We're going to deal with what's on the inside. That's why I tell you about the, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we encourage you to go within. It is not always easy. We're going to talk about that, too. Maybe there's a way to make it a little easier to get to know who you are. Uh, and, and we are so grateful to have uh, uh, Mar uh, uh, Courtney Marcassani here on the program to talk about the work that she does and the book that she has out right now. And we're excited to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Invitation. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I think it's going to be really fun. I, I can guarantee you that it's going to be fun, not because I know anything, but because, <laughs> <laughs> although I like to think that it, it will be that way, but also because of the, the conversation we've had, the conversations we've had about all of this. And you have a book called The Four, <clears throat> Four Gifts of the Highly Sensitive. Embrace the Science of Sensitivity, Heal Anxiety and Relationships, and connect deeply with your world. And when you say your world, you are talking, Courtney, about my, as far as I'm concerned, my inner world, my inner life, right? Right. And everybody's is different. Right. Because your perception, your body, your mind, your spirit is unique to you. And so it's how you perceive the world. You're exactly right. Now, one of the things that I find so fascinating about this is not only that aspect of it, that everybody's world is different, but how the outer world tries to tell us just the opposite. Everybody is the same. There's only one path. There's only one way. Um, or else you all will go the other way. Uh, you know, whatever the philosophy is that one follows. And yet, when one reads... What I would what I refer to as the ancient wisdom teachings, uh, it tells us that all of the answers that we need are within. That we there need does do, there does seem to be an interwoven when you look at the different teachings, there does seem to be an interwoven thread or an interlocking thread about the wisdom and that it's not outside of us. So yeah. I totally agree with you. That's what I have found as well in all my studies. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, uh, same here. I mean, I've, I've read uh, quite a number of the ancient wisdom teachings uh, from the Bible uh, to the Gita. Uh, I have several of my favorites as far as other philosophical writers, such as Paramahansa Yogananda, Ram Dass, uh, even Gerald Jampolsky, especially the first book I ever read of his, Love is Letting Go of Fear. Uh, and to me, um, it is just... It's fascinating. Now, uh, according to the information that I have, you have 
your insights, uh, you have a sensitivity quiz, insightful insensitivity, insensitivity quiz, uh, basically that will help to recognize where we as individuals who take the quiz, uh, where our strengths lie, while uh, your mind-body method uh, also can help help us to heal from the past and current traumas affecting our sensory processes uh, and uh, enjoying, uh, enjoy, uh, employ, I beg your pardon, enjoy, employ coping uh, skills uh, to, um, to manage what can be an overwhelming onslaught of intense emotions and sensations. Now, to that end, with that description uh, of uh, these sensations, is that sort of describing, uh, if, I, if I'm sort of correct, a certain level of empathy, uh, empath- empath- empathic ability that we all have where we sort of get bombarded by the outside world, uh, other people's emotions and where they're at, and then we think it's ours, and so we become real confused, and, and we don't know whether we're coming or going? Most definitely. That's one part of it. Because highly sensitive people have what's called a depth processing function, so they perceive more in their environment. Put a sensitive person in any given environment, and they're going to perceive, it depends on the person once again, and Mm -hmm. it depends on their level of sensitivity, but they're going to be perceiving things in the environment. I call them undercurrents. So emotions are certainly part of that. Empaths are attuned to emotional currents and they can feel more what others are feeling. So in terms of empathy, yes. But then I break down the different types of sensory awareness into these gifts, these Mm -hmm. four types. So intuitives might feel less emotional, but they might gain other types of insights. But when you're talking about empaths specifically, yes, they feel undercurrents. They feel more anxiety relationships or in relation to those undercurrents. They might not recognize it as such. And so then the confusion sets in and they feel almost like when these tides hit them of emotional currents, it's very, it's very disconcerting because they feel before they go into these environments, normal, stable, solid and then when they get hit with these different waves of emotionality they're not always certain now when you are an empath and you're highly aware and you're certain that you are attuning to other individuals and picking up you can put in practices that's where the mind body method comes in to be able to detect what you're feeling and recognize it's not your own Mm. and build strategies so that you don't get maxed out by feeling other people's pain process essentially is what it is with that they're projecting forward in these different settings. Well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about this because um, I know of people who have gone through their lives uh, extremely frustrated because they don't understand why they are feeling the way that they are when nothing has really happened directly in their lives and yet they're they're feeling all of these different things that that are just perplexing to them and they think they're going crazy and it is it's literal madness i mean that that is what is is the internal feeling when you don't know what it is that oncoming onslaught that you don't know what it is and you're not aware of it and it's it's coming especially in the workplace or in other places where the sensitive is immersed in these environments it does feel like literal craziness. And we're often described as being crazy because not only do we feel those feelings, we respond 
faster than other individuals in the same environment. So we have what's called emotional reactivity, where we feel that onslaught and then we respond to it in a lightning fast speed. And that's why people might from the outside look at that and go, what's wrong with you? You know, why are you behaving this way? Or why are you feeling so intensely about something that I don't relate to? The sensitive person will always be able to be identified by their emotional reactivity or how fast they respond to these emotional undercurrents. Courtney Marcassani is my guest here on uh, Tell Me Your Story. We are talking about um, our intuition also being inspired. Inspired health and wellness is a part of what we're talking about. The website is inspiredpotentials.com, which, of course, we will be linked to. We encourage you to find out more about Courtney by going to her website, inspiredpotentials.com. She's an MS clinical health coach of Inspired Potentials, again, inspiredpotentials.com, which is an integrative mental health and wellness education uh, educator. She is an educator, and she is certified health coach with the in Institute of Integrative Nutrition NYC, and she has also attained her Master's of Science in Mind Body Medicine uh, from Saybrook University, as well as providing education and holistic coaching programs for mental health issues such as anxiety, attention deficit, and depression. We're going to talk about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story New Paradigms for a New World. And I'm Richard Dugan, your host here on a program that brings you uh, new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we're with Courtney uh, Marcassani. We're talking about the work that she is doing through the website of uh, inspiredpotentials.com. And Courtney, I really appreciate the fact that uh, you've come back. We have had an interesting journey to get to this point because uh, we are about ready to hit the the uh, uh, the mile marker where we had to end the last time because stuff was going on around me that I had to deal with and it's like oh man we were on such a roll so we're going to continue that role right here uh, with you right now. You have a book, of course, that we encourage people to investigate, and it's available, of course, through your website as well as Amazon. Four Gifts of the Highly Sensitive. Embrace the Science of Sensitivity. That's interesting. The Science of Sensitivity, ladies and gentlemen. Healing Anxiety and Relationships. And Connect Deeply with your world, and I say your inner world, uh, which affects your outer world, and sometimes vice versa. But I tell you what, uh, Courtney, I would say that if you are in tune with your inner world, then your outer world is going to, uh, you're going to have a whole different perception, if you will. Well, it's less chaotic. When you don't recognize that the inner world and the outer world are connected, there's a lot more chaos in your life. Now that's my opinion, but it's what I've, what I've experienced and then what I've studied. And so when you start to connect with your inner world, which is your own feelings, your own intentions, the power of your own spirit, things really start to change markedly in the outer world. You become more at peace, more tranquil, more feeling like you're in control of your daily life and also your destiny. I know that sounds far out, but it's what I've experienced and what I've observed. Yeah. Well, I learned very early on in my career, especially working uh, at a Christian radio station, never, ever challenge or judge somebody else's experiences. Th those experiences, prior to somebody's judgment, uh, have shaped them into who they are to that moment. But when you undermine someone's experience... 
you have undermined them and their own confidence in themselves and what they've experienced. By the way, that's rather interesting because there's a fascinating program we were watching. Now, granted, this program was about extraterrestrials, okay? Oh, okay. But, okay. but and I don't know if this ties in at all, but okay, there, was a, there was a gentleman in Arizona, very famous story of a guy who okay. was, quote unquote, abducted. Mm-hmm. And supposedly for many, many years, uh, they had taken him through hypnosis and uh, he had uh, uh, experienced certain things that were just horrific at that time in that perception. Mm-hmm. And over the years, as he began to grow and learn about ETs and so forth, his perception changed to where he was able to finally take a look at what happened to him. And it turns out, from his perspective, the reason why they abducted him, quote-unquote, was because he saw that light, he got very close to the ship, Mm -hmm. and was adversely affected by the radiation from the ship. And so they took him on board to heal him. Okay. To care right. for him. And that's how he sees it now. He how doesn't did he have come the... to that. Was that through a hypnotic regression or was it through further contact? Because these stories have parallels about yeah. the awakening process. So uh-huh. I'm curious as to where he transitioned over to the fact that it was a healing that was happening. I think it's because he began to see that once uh, the powers that be began to acknowledge, yes, there are aliens, but they started a new narrative saying, and they're dangerous and we've got to do something to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I sit here going, really? To protect ourselves? If they can abduct us in the middle of the night from our beds, we don't stand a chance. And if they wanted to take over, you and I, Courtney, wouldn't even be having this conversation. Well, it's interesting that you're talking about the actual cultural paradigm and mm-hmm. the shift of the governments uh, and the and our entertainment industry and all of the messaging, basically. When you go and you look at the culture, there are some very clear shifts where, you know, in the 50s, the people, the farmers, people in Oregon, people in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, um, including people in my own family, mm-hmm. saw these types of craft with lights and saw, experienced an electromagnetic effect. You yeah. know, the car's battery dies, right. you know, the radio dies. So there's these different experiences that people have been talking about for a very long time. But there's a very clear cutoff to where the government, after the study that they did in the Condon report, the government went, this is BS. It's not real. And then the party line, regardless of people's personal experiences, became this is an evil, you know. And so now you still see different types of philosophers on the subject matter talking about how these are fallen angels, how they are demons. And you still see this separation between individuals who look at it as a positive thing and individuals who look at it as an invasion. Yeah. And so um, it runs the gamut of where these ideologies lie. So it's good that you heard the individual story and tried not to judge because immediately there's a lot of judgment that goes on, especially from religious or Mm -hmm. religiosity perspective, that this individual has been um, influenced by a demon or has been infected by a malevolent spirit. 
And so it depends and people fall along certain lines. So I've tried to keep my mind open mm -hmm. about the intelligence or the others and what they're doing and just look at things trying to be more objective. But I've had my own personal experiences with it and so have members in my family. So when you start to see these trends or patterns, kind of like how I wrote about in my book, there's mm -hmm. these different trends with sensitivity, right. the gifts right? You start to notice that there are patterns of experiencers. That's what they call us, are the experiencers. Oh, and I, like I count that. myself <laughs> as part of that, of one of the experiencers. Now, they've done studies on experiencers. They've uh -huh. actually done scientific studies on people like myself who have seen lights in the sky or have experienced other type of effects in their reality that are not defined as normal. And they have found at Stanford, when they took 100 different experiencers, these people saw lights in the sky, or they were affected as children by these types of uh, intelligences interacting with them, memories, you know, so they've been called abductees, contactees, now we're experiencers. Yeah. And they found that they saw lights, <laughs> they saw heard voices, but they also were highly intelligent and were very high performing and high functioning in their lives. They found when they looked at their neuroanatomy, they had differences in one aspect, in one area of their brain called the caudate putamen. This study was sponsored by the life sciences at the CIA. And they took these individuals who they knew had contact in the military or verified stories by other witnesses that were highly credible, and they found that they had neurological differences. Now, where does that go? They won't say. They won't say why the caudate patamen in these individuals who are experiencers was different, but they do know that they are different. And so they have higher intuition, more intuition. They rely on their intuition. They get scientific um, information sometimes that they couldn't otherwise know. And so I try to follow that stuff, mm -hmm. even though this study hasn't been published. When you're in that community, you hear of things. Mm -hmm. And I've even had, you know, like tapes sent to me of intuitives that the government was studying who have had interactions with the others. And so they're looking at it. It's just not common knowledge. Courtney Marcassani is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And we are, all that we are talking about on this program today is all related. There is nothing that is uh, segmented off, uh, compartmentalized. You can't do that any more than you can compartmentalize mind, body, spirit. It's all connected. And we are connected here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And uh, we hope that you will tune in every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Stay connected with us, as well as Monday mornings at 1 a.m and our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. That's Wednesdays at 9 a.m. And we hope that you will also go to our guest's website, inspiredpotentials.com. We will be connected to Courtney's website as well. And we also hope that you will go after, grab a copy as quickly as you can of the four gifts of the highly sensitive. Embrace the science of sensitivity, heal anxiety in relationships, and connect deeply with your world. And we hope that you will do that. Here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World with Courtney Marcassani. As we continue our conversation, uh, I find all of this really interesting. And I uh, went to your website and I took your quiz and mm -hmm. it told me I didn't belong here, that I should get on the mothership and get the <coughs> heck out of here. And I'm ready You're to not. go. I am it's packed. It's not an uncommon experience. <laughs> I, I am packed and ready to go. As a matter of fact, the sooner. I hope you're listening out there. Uh, the NSA, I don't care. I, I, matter of fact, when I think about the NSA, I think, you know, I am flattered 
that you think that what, what I'm talking with with my guest is so important you'd be listening. I think that's great. You're going to hear stuff that you won't hear anywhere else, I don't think. But I have... Well, it offends people of my mother's generation. I have to tell you, the ah. whole privacy issue totally offends people of my mother's generation because they have had lived in an era of time where their phone calls and things weren't monitored. You right. know, on right. the farm, it was like... Everything was private. People didn't know how to get to your house. And so when there was a UPS guy trying to find her house and he said, I can see your barn and your, your you know, your pond with a satellite, <laughs> you know, my mother freaked out. She's like, this is an invasion of privacy. But because we've become so attenuated, I'm not sure what the right word is or accustomed to the privacy issue, people aren't as shocked by the fact that we don't have privacy. There is no privacy anymore. Privacy, well, even though it's part of the Constitution, is is a bygone era. Well, here's, really. here's the interesting thing about that, and this is a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I gathered this perspective in the 15 years that I worked for the Christian radio station mm -hmm. <clears throat> that talked about this God who is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, all right? Mm -hmm. Set all of this up, all right, whether it's predestined or we still, we actually do have free will, not, not a conversation for today. Okay. And I basically have come to the conclusion, and I say this pretty much every single time, if the creator already knows everything about me, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what difference does it make if 8 billion other people know? And most of them don't care because they're too busy trying to survive. Wow, listen to you. What an interesting perspective. That is I a mean, very interesting evolutionary perspective around privacy and internal thoughts. Well, but, and but, but think about this. Think about this, though. You, I'm sure, believe that we are all connected, right? We're all connected. I I think that when it comes to the connection, that's something I've been studying for a while. Uh -huh. And you hear people say we're all connected. And so the part that I wonder about, mm -hmm. if there's a good word for it, or I speculate about, is that all connection. Because I've had phenomenal experience, especially in lucid dreaming, where it's very much like, almost like, not a near-death experience, but it's that it's that expansiveness with my sensory awareness where I am connected to other people. I can hear their thoughts in the lucid dreaming state. I can diagnose things and know without any limitation what's happening. But then when you come into this reality and you come back into waking consciousness, there is a separation. Mm -hmm. There's a very clear separation. So sure. I'm curious about the higher states of awareness that we have access to and why we don't. Okay. And and that part of it when it comes to the all connected. Because I have experienced what you're talking about, of okay. being connected with others without any material separation. All right. Absolutely. And I will use the example. I have not used this in a long time, but I will use it. Okay. <clears throat> there is a character. I'll call it a character. Okay. Uh, who is a protagonist in a uh, science fiction TV series. Okay. The okay. creator probably did not intend for uh, this perspective to, uh, to be used, but I'm going to use it anyway. And I'm speaking more so on the spiritual level, but I do think it transcends the physical. Okay. The series is uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And the character is the Jordy. Borg. The Borg. The Borg? The Borg. I don't know. I don't know if I recall the Borg. Okay. I know Jordy, and I know is basically Picard. it's a collection of uh, uh, beings from across the galaxy who are 
who are abducted, basically, and they are uh, they become what some people today would call transhuman. In other words, okay. or trans bipedal. Okay. I think I might know. Is it the guy who goes and he sets up this whole screen? It's like a yellow screen of all these different stars and it's impenetrable and no. he's on the other side no, no, and no, he no, knows no. the future? This is a craft that is a big box. It's a square, but it's huge. And you have all of these individuals who have been wired up with a mechanical, like a mechanical eye and all oh, kinds of other okay. things. They have superhuman strength. And so mm -hmm. forth. But they are all connected by what we would call today Wi-Fi. All right. Oh, okay. so they're all receiving information and instruction as to a task that they are supposed to be doing. OK, but they're not yeah. all doing the same task. Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. And yet they're all working in concert towards a unified goal. Gotcha. All right. Have well, you also okay? Go ahead, you go because so, I'm quantum. I'm quantum leaping on you, but make your okay. Because so, I'm I'm intuitively going with you here. Excellent. So, <laughs> here's the thing. We go within. Mm -hmm. We listen to that, as we like to call it, that still small voice, mm -hmm. which is connected, if not actually the. It's connected to the divine, the higher self, the force, the creator, God, whatever name you want to give it. Do you call that the inner kingdom? I would call that the inner kingdom. Okay. And so you, Courtney, you have a purpose in this life. Mm -hmm. And you are directed when you listen to that intuitive voice, you mm -hmm. follow it. And boom, things just, they start to happen. Or you avoid greater harm than what might have happened had you not listened. And I've done the same possibly, thing. Possibly. Okay, possibly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I have a particular purpose in life to mm -hmm. do the things that I am doing and will do in years to come. And it's all, to me, it's all towards the same goal and i don't know what that is i don't know what the big picture is and i don't need to know now but this is a, great a far explanation of oneness right yeah, this like is it. a far cry a far mm -hmm. cry from uh, our government back in the 50s 40s i should say 40s when they were working on developing the atomic bomb and they oh. had all of the different departments but nobody else knew what anybody else was doing well, so, this ties in. Did you read the Did you read the Trinity, the most recent book written by Jacques Vallée and not. Paola Harris? Have not, please. So get this. So get this. This is how it ties into what you're saying. Um, once again, a very eloquent way of bringing things back around. Mm -hmm. There was during the tests out in you know there was the White Sands Proving Ground mm -hmm. and yep. all these areas that were doing the tests right. Well, Trinity was where they actually did the test and nobody knew about it except the local people who experienced the flash of light, and all the all the uh, foliage the and things died right. Yep. And so there was this huge exposure, but it was kept secret because um, there weren't cell phones or you know there wasn't any um disclosure well mm -hmm. jacques valet and paula harris went back because there was a craft that came during an electrical storm around the same time and crashed in trinity where they had um, tested the atomic bomb and so they go through the whole historical history of trinity and what happened and interview survivors and people that witnessed the craft and actually went into the craft and it's phenomenal because it was all most likely all the dis the information around Trinity 
went in underneath the atomic information. Mm -hmm. And so all of that was at such a high level, compartmentalized, mm -hmm. underneath the atomic regulatory information, it was never disclosed. And so when I read that, I went, well, that makes perfect sense why there has been no access, why it's been so secret, because at that time when they were developing the atomic bomb, all that information was secured, highly secured, top beyond. So I, it makes sense to me after I read Trinity, why we never heard about the craft, how it landed, how it crashed, mm -hmm. took out a tower. Mm -hmm. There were two kids who went, who were doing, you know, farm work in the area and they actually went into the craft oh, and wow. so when you and then there's these consistent stories and so when you look at the patterns in all of this you recognize that it's just been so highly compartmentalized mm -hmm. and so kept so secret but i think because of what you're talking about with the oneness mm -hmm. it can't be compartmentalized anymore no people are cannot. becoming highly aware right. their own intuition is guiding them to this information yeah or it's internally coming up through dreams, visions, through the abilities, yeah. telepathy, telepathic thought. And so it cannot really be suppressed. Right, anymore. exactly. Because the human spirit is pushing ev evolution in a way that cannot be suppressed. Yeah. I think it was Howard Gardner said, a power that governments will never be able to suppress. Oh, absolutely. And this, this is one of them, is the power of the human spirit yeah. to enlighten us. You can't suppress it and you can't control it. No. no matter how hard I mean, they I try. I think that that's where we're seeing with the disclosure movement a little bit with the stuff on the TV and on mm -hmm. CBS, mm -hmm. you know, seeing, talking about what happened with the Nimitz. But it's been happening for a long time. There's yeah. always been the visionaries in the subculture that have been having these experiences and trying to figure them out. So my book goes into it a little bit, not so much the disclosure effort of UFOs, right. but I do talk about experiencers and who they are and their experiences. And I don't, yeah. I don't shy away from experience or right. um, anomalous right. experiences, which are telepathy, right. um, a deep empathy, you know, empathy beyond normal sensory awareness, yeah. um, precognitions, seeing the future, mm -hmm. having those cognitions come about in material reality. Yeah. So that's what my book aims to do is try to try to bridge science with the mystical experiences. And it's also written, it goes, it's not just in the last two centuries per se, it goes back thousands of years. You see evidence of it in spite of how hard they try to mask it uh, in the ancient wisdom teachings, especially in the Old Testament Bible. The well, Bible. and in the cities, when you're talking about, yeah. you know, the Hindu cultures of talking about the, you know, the, um, the way the cosmos was shaped and, and how diseases form and, you know, in the human body and yeah. mind and spirit, it, it was very evolved. Yeah. And so the cities have always been there, which are essentially the powers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Courtney uh, Marcassani is my guest and her book. Uh, I encourage you to uh, check it out to get a copy of Four Gifts of highly uh, four gifts of the highly sensitive we're going to continue talking about that as well and we're going to reveal to you a little bit about the quiz i took and uh what it means and some of the other things that uh, happen we also have a very special guest joining us as well a beautiful little gray kitty what's the cat's name katie i adopted her from seattle when i when i still lived in seattle and i've been away and so now that i just came back she's well, 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 Katie, she's, you are welcome. She's a bit clingy. <laughs> well, hey, no, it's beautiful. I love, I love to have had to have the animals. We're going to continue our conversation with Courtney here on AM 1290, and the 
Tell Me Your Story radio program, podcast, and uh, videocast. That's right. You can find us not only on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We are on YouTube. Go to the Tell Me Your Story channel and find out more about uh, the videos that we have. I have about 140 videos up thus far, working on more. It's it's a slow process, folks, but uh, we hope that you will go there and subscribe as well. And as of uh, this program... The SoundCloud or the podcast listens uh, after a little over three and a half years. Is that right? 18, 19, 20? Yeah, three and a half years. 42,800 listens. Now, I've said this before, Courtney. I don't know Good what the hell. I don't know what that That's number awesome. means. I really don't know what that number means. But I'm glad to have it. I'm glad that people, people are, are finding you and finding your influence in your in your way in your world. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm excited about the fact that they are and they're listening, they're watching, and I uh, hope that they will continue to do so. This is Tell Me Your Story: New Paradigms for a New World. I am Richard Dugan, and we are looking for those new ways of living. I say this every time because the old ways don't work. All you have to do is look around you. They aren't working, so we have to find those new ways. They may be old ways that we will revert back to that worked, but for some reason they say, oh, we don't want to do that anymore because we don't have enough power and control, so we're going to change the plan and we're going to take over. And that's just kind of what happens. But the one fascinating thing that I find so interesting, and I use the example of a man like Nelson Mandela, who spent 25 years in prison. And he could have gone one of two different ways. And people talk about, oh, I don't have any choice. Baloney. He was in prison, and he knew he had a choice. He could continue down the road that he was going, or he could go down a different road. And he did. And he became the president of South Africa. So... You cannot tell me that you don't have choices. The problem or the challenge is, do you know what choices you have? That's the biggie right there. That's why I'm a strong advocate, Courtney, of education. Not just formal, but even the informal education of learning everything you can, but especially learning about self. And I did that. I took your little quiz. (laughs) I spent some time taking your little quiz. And it turns out uh, I'm 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 a very sensitive person. Well, did you find it accurate? First of all, I like to see if people find it accurate. I did. I did. Okay, good. Uh, The the thing that I I found so fascinating, though, was it was accurate, and there was a level of frustration over its accuracy because I I personally wasn't consistent in it in Mm -hmm. my life. But I know, too, that we have those those ebbs and flows. You know, some days, some some periods of time, I'm in it, and then I kind of fall out of it. And then I'm back in it again. And, I, and so it's okay, because at least I know what it feels like. I know, like when I'm in that zone, when I'm doing production, when I'm doing these interviews, I feel as though I'm in it. Um, I'm always doing my utmost, no matter how difficult the subject is, to be as respectful of the guest and their their perspectives as I can. And at the same time, to to dialogue about some of the more challenging issues uh, that we have to deal with. I mean, I I myself, um, back in January of 2020, I was elated, excited about the fact that they were going to shut down the country. Really? And the reason I was elated and excited is because I said, first of all, 
for the first time in my lifetime, they're actually going to do something different they've never done before. Mm -hmm. Like they should have been doing with the influenza every year. Shut down the airlines. Don't let anybody move around. And it's over in two weeks. No, no, no. The economy will be direct uh, devastated. Really, That's by so comparison to what's happened in the last year, give me a break. But the other thing, the other part of it was, even though I didn't know, I had this intuitive knowing yep. of the incredible opportunities that lay ahead of us that we didn't even know existed. You're describing the intuitive visionary. I mean, you're describing the intuitive visionary it just in such great terms because people ask me about the intuitive visionary and how how they how do how do they work and so i try to use different words to explain what you're talking about which is the way they see the world yeah and sometimes they turn the world on its head and they say this is good and then they try to shake things out and they turn it over and visionaries also have that quality of being able to solve problems that other people are not solving for in very unique intuitive ways so what you just described is a perfect depiction of an internal reality of somebody who goes yeah. this is good where everybody is kind of seeing the doom of it yeah. other people that are also intuitive visionaries saw it as a way of this is good in a different way, mm -hmm. similar, but we need to restructure our society right. in ways that make people more productive at home and be connected in ways that are not bringing down quality of life so much. And so they were looking at different ways and creating technologies for people to connect and also have that balance between home life. Now, society is and cultures are one of the biggest determinisms of the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act. And so what the pandemic really did is turn a lot of that over and allow opportunities for some of these creatives like yourself to find new ways of looking, how can we live in the future mm -hmm. better for our for humanity? Yeah, and there's, there's another element too, <clears throat> um, and I hear this, even though it may be subtext in the news, uh, about the changes, whether you're uh -huh. talking economics, education, doesn't matter the right. subject. And especially when it comes to economics, um, and I've talked about this before, uh, how um, I love what Will Rogers once said, that you could lay economists end to end and they'd all point in different directions. But at the same time, I also have found that economists aren't happy ever because it doesn't matter what the numbers are. If they're up, they're still not happy. If they're down, they're really not happy. And so I asked the question, economists, what numbers would make you happy? I will do my utmost from my perspective with my own personal will and spiritual powers to give you the numbers that you want that will make you. I want you to be happy. I want us all to be happy. Well, this is going to be popular, but a lot of the, a lot of the uh, economic uh, education, you're talking about economics and economic thinkers and you know projections and it all kind of boils down into the university of chicago yeah the university of chicago is where economics is basically developed and where the united states essentially looks to for all economic policies anybody that's come out of the university of chicago economics is really what we rely on and so when you start to really dig down into some of these systems you're talking about paradigms and shifts so much of it goes to the root of in our society anyway capitalism I mean, it really is capitalism. That's where the Chicago economics comes from. It's all about capitalism and keeping that as part of our mainstay of our Western society. So 
when you're starting to talk about new paradigms, I really do believe the pandemic and other things like AI and technology are going to shift radically a mm -hmm. lot of the underpinnings of our society. And it's time because the old ways aren't working. Well, and the other thing, too, that I have found so fascinating is that uh, this country in particular for the past, what, 240, 50 years, I don't know how many uh, we've been around, but be that as it may, um, the claim is that free enterprise and capitalism is the best system on the planet. And I'm sitting here going, have you tried any others? Now, you only talk about three, communism, socialism, and capitalism. But those aren't the only three ways of living. When are you going to get creative and come up with another way? Now, you may or may not know of this gentleman, Jacques Fresco. He is the founder of the Venus Project. He no. was a visionary, a futurist, an architect okay. who designed future civilizations. And he had I need to uh, write it down. <laughs> Can you spell it? Because I want to, whenever I get new people introduced to me, I want to document it and then well, I want to go research go to the venusproject.com. Venusproject.com. Everybody, okay. go there uh, after this interview. Or I guess you All could right. go there during. Anyway, he, had, uh, he, had th he has three pillars. And one of okay. them is, one of them is, in talking about economics, okay. is that the new economy will be a resource-based economy. Oh, okay. That the resources will be owned by the people, but there will still have to be, of course, distribution. That goes without saying. But that, okay. that but the resources will not be owned by corporations. They will be owned by the people. And uh, natural and I use this resources. Are we talking natural resources all, like gas, all, oil, timber, all, water? All resources. All resources. All resources. Okay. I.e., this. I am uh, walking down the street. And I'm going, you know, I need a new flash drive because I got to give some information to somebody uh, okay. who doesn't isn't hooked up. They've got a computer or they've got whatever the technology is, but I need to get. The, so I go in and there's this big drum filled with flash drives and I just reach in and I pick one and I leave the store. Wow. Right. I don't so that's kind of like a more of a, a, a an equanimity through a communistic thought process about yeah everything is everybody's but the problem with communism is that it was um you know it was usurped and co-opted right, right. and well, so the original marcus marxist theory behind it was not what was applied right now well now here's what we the see now all right but here's the twist okay i'm walking down the street got that little flash drive in my hand guy right. walks up to me with a gun says i want the flash drive well if you want it here, I don't have a problem with that. But let me just tell you. I'll just, just down, go get another one out of the bin. <laughs> just down the street is a bin full of them. If you want one or two or ten, they're all right there. Right. You aren't stealing from me. Well, that's you the whole theory steal behind from me. That's the whole theory behind it is that existentially, when everybody realizes there's a barrel of them, that you wouldn't need the gun in the first place. Yeah, exactly. It's the chicken or the egg mentality, is that once we get to that place where we're sharing everything, right. I think where you'll, you'll see people who are talking about resources, where the fight really will be, especially in American, American ideology, is nobody will give up their guns or their land. They're yeah. just not going to. That'll yeah, be but another civil war. There's, there's a great line from an Irish song in terms of land and it goes you do not own the land the land owns you mm -hmm. now in 100 years those people who own land right now they're not going to own that land anymore 
Well, have you seen the um, have you seen the series The Expanse? I thought they did that very well in The Expanse, where they talk about these. They go through these matrilineage lines of the people that own land. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, they kind of break that down where they are able to establish records. Yeah, and then the landowners of the future are able to kind of uh, have access to it and stay on it. But then it also becomes what you're talking about. There's the Martian society that's already set up. It's futuristic, but yeah. it does. It, you do see these writers, which I think is I write about it in the book. These visionary writers talking about futuristic things, but they're also trying to solve modern day problems. This is tell me your visionary story. Visionary writing. Yeah. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking with Courtney Marcassani, and we're talking about the work that she's doing, but a lot of other stuff that is connected. Uh, there is no compartmentalization here on the program, and we hope that you will stay with us. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are here uh, talking about some very fascinating things, including her book, my guest's book, uh, Courtney Marcassani's book, Four Gifts of the Highly Sensitive, Embrace the Science of Sensitivity, Heal Anxiety in Relationships, and Connect Deeply with Your World. And I find all of this so, it's so fascinating, so exciting to consider the possibilities that are out there we we just and and that's the other thing too is is this whole concept this fear this angst this anxiety over change and it's like wait a minute don't we you need to under, get over it don't you we understand that the it. universe is constantly in motion <laughs> nothing is static and besides if you had static like a water a pool of water now it gets murky and algae mosquitoes and all of that kind of stuff you don't want that and that's what happens to a lot of people's lives when they get stuck. How can you help someone to get unstuck? Well, I think that it's what we've been talking about this whole time is being creative. You're seeing basically between us, two intuitives, you know, intuiting and listening to one another deeply and compassionately, not rejecting or negating the person's experience. And so that's where I usually start first is by deeply listening to where a person is and what challenges they've experienced and why they're feeling like they're not feeling those juicy, creative, you know, nuggets that come up. Because really all the individuals that we're talking about, any individual has resources within. We mm -hmm. all have our own resources within us. We might not recognize them, but that's usually where I start. What resources do you have within you? What do you get excited about and how can we work together? Mm -hmm. And that's usually what I do is try to find what lights people up and then go in that direction. Because my philosophy is you're always going to be more uh, productive, uh, more successful when you're in your own strengths, when you're in your own strengths and your own talent areas. So, you know, find the talent within. Yeah. And then play that up and then follow your heart. That's a great formula for success. Well, I'll tell you, it's to me, it is exciting to consider the possibilities. And sometimes it's just as exciting to consider the possibility that there are all kinds of possibilities that we don't even know of yet because they haven't been thought of yet, that they're still out there in the thought process. And of course, Everything comes from thought to physical manifestation. 
Uh, and, and you know what else? I don't, I don't, I hate to interrupt, but you know what else you were mentioning about oneness that I think is really interesting along the lines of what you're mentioning right now? Yeah. A lot of times people will get the same idea at the same time. Yes. So when you were talking about oneness, uh -huh. that's one of the things I think that is an evidence of oneness is when people are trying to problem solve similar problems and they come up with the same idea. That's a oneness connecting that and also a oneness surging, helping us as humans stay in touch with it. Call it the human spirit or call it physics, call it, call it oneness, but we are here for a purpose. And with everything that's going on in the world, I do feel like we, those people who are thinking along those lines have a, I guess it would be a mission or, or a responsibility mm -hmm. to act. We need to act yeah. now and, and not be complacent um, especially in, in, in our society, in Western society, where we have a lot of wealth yeah. and we have, we have a lot of privilege and we have a lot of safety and security. Other places in the world do not. And it's our responsibility to bring that up. Safety, yeah. security, yeah. equality, globally. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, it, it is, it is uh, frustrating for me uh, to take a look at the way things are today, whatever the the uh, um, institution, shall we say, okay. and just see how the how people are acting and behaving and thinking and speaking. And I'm going, are you ever going to grow up? What are you talking about? You know, I mean, I, I think of especially this country and the polarization that we have. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. That is not the way the Founding Fathers intended. And you're always spouting off about the Founding Fathers and this and that and the other thing. And there's an interesting, I call it a paradox. I call it a paradox. You have the First Amendment, and I, I paraphrase it this way. I, as an individual with the constitutional right to do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, however I want. And then I ask the question, no judgment, no judgment in the question. How do you balance that, my friend? Be, uh, against the preamble where it says, granted the preamble is not the Constitution, but still the concept is there, to promote the general welfare and preserve the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. How do you do that? Now, people will say that uh, uh, my, freedoms, my, my freedoms are being taken away. And I sit here going, really? I'm having to do exactly the same thing that you're doing, but my freedoms aren't being taken away. I am exercising my individual rights by, in the case of the virus, putting on a mask, mm -hmm. washing my hands, staying right. six feet apart. I'm exercising my individual rights because I want the civilization to continue. I'm right. not saying you don't, but I think that you might want to rethink your position uh, when it comes to promoting the general welfare. And if you don't want your children to inherit the posterity, you know, the, the, the blessings of liberty, then continue down the path you're going. You know, it's well, okay because that's so your choice. You have every yeah. right to choose that. Well, I think it's so interesting how you're explaining that and the way that you see it, because there's always been people who have survived, succeeded and thrived in yeah. our world. And yeah. they're the wealthiest and they're the most successful. 
And it becomes part of the ethics and the morality in the way that they choose to live out their lives. And you, I'm not going to name names, but you can look at some of the wealthiest people in the world and how they've chosen to give back. Yeah. And to help and and to do put in put their money and their finances into things like disease, healthcare, um, equal rights, and setting up things in education. And so it, it's so interesting when you look at people who look at freedom and liberty and they keep that all to themselves and say, "I did this all myself, and I'm going to hold on to it." And I, and then you see the other individuals who also succeeded and they say, "I'm going to give back." And it's so interesting because what you're describing to me is a way of looking at it that. Taking that person's point of view, you could see the way that they take that point of view. Yeah. If you if you deeply empathize and you put yourself in their position, yeah. and I'm not saying right or wrong, I just think it's interesting the way some people achieve that highest level and then what they do with it. I think that says a lot about a person. And I'll use an analogy very quickly. People like to, though, people of the individualistic mentality, and again, I'm not criticizing. Right. When you wrap yourself in the flag how do you, if you're wrapped in the flag, put out a helping hand? You can't. Your arms are wrapped in the flag. Same thing. If you're grabbing all the money and you're running to your, you know, your safe cave underneath the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, what are you doing to be an asset to humanity? And so it, it really does become that whole what we've been talking about is individualism versus collectivism. Yeah. And if we it, are a humanity, we are a yeah. collective society, we do need each other. It's not just about this individualistic notion to to the to the expense of all others. Yeah. I mean, we're not asking anybody to give up their individuality, not by a long shot. So I don't think you can at this stage with how we have evolved. But there are other ways to evolve that include empathy. Yeah. Kindness. Yeah. Relations, relations, generosity. And I think that that's part of these movements that you're talking about and the change that we're going to see is we're going to have to be a lot more collectivism. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's a community is what's going to help us survive. I mean, you know, we had a, a, a first lady who basically was is quoted over and over and over and over again as saying it takes a village. Now, her focus was on raising children. But it does take a village. It takes a community. You cannot survive. Now, in spite of the fact that I know there are people who will go out into the wilderness, they will disconnect from the grid, and they will survive just fine until their dying day. Okay? I, I know there are people who do that. But maybe if the universe, maybe. if the universe had intended for each one of us to live a solo, solitary life, I am almost 100% certain that there are enough, if I may use a Star Trek analogy, there are definitely enough Class M planets for each one of us to have our own. But what is the reality? The reality is that we're all here, all 8 billion of us. Okay? Well, and we do need each other. I do hear what you're saying about going off in the woods and being self-sufficient and being, you know, isolationist. But look at the wars we've had. I know. We can't be isolationist. It's a nice idea to say, yeah, just take care of ourselves and we'll do and we won't, you know, and we won't harm anyone else and we'll just live in our, you know, in our little piece of the woods. But when other people are suffering and holocausts are happening and terror is happening, we have a responsibility to help out as humans. Absolutely. I mean, that's what my spirit tells me is we're responsible to witness it, to to help to provide aid. Yeah. And so the United States is getting a lot of criticism right now, you know, over things like Afghanistan and other policies. 
But I do believe that there is going to be a reconciliation globally for all the nations to come together. It might sound like peace, love, and you yeah. know, hippie talk, but I do think that our evolution requires that of us now to be a global society. Not saying that we need to just be not have government. Right. I'm saying that we're going to be required to have more compassion with other with other countries. And, and I think together. that the only way that that's going to come about is if we start connecting with our inner world as individuals. You want to be an right. individualist? I man, gung ho, go for it. It's and a good go place to start. Within. It's a good place to start. Yeah. It's a really good place to start. Cuz I'm not saying that, you know, people shouldn't um take care of themselves and be whole ourselves. But usually with that holism becomes compassion for others. What's the first rule of- to experience your own change yeah. and your own transition, you actually become more aware of others' pain and you actually become more compassionate. What's the first rule of survival? Take care of number one. Right. You can't Put help anybody on. else. You <laughs> Put can't. your mask on first. Put your mask on we're first. We're literally and then living help. that right now yeah. with the pandemic. Extra, yeah, absolutely. And I will say that one of the beautiful things that has come out of this last year and a half, almost two years, uh, is just that. We are seeing people who are the utmost of compassion. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. So I really do... Um, I really do uh, uh, think that, that we are on the right track. Inspiredpotentials.com is the website. Courtney, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. I really appreciate you giving us so much time. What a great uh, I do have three final. I say again. I didn't know we were going to go to the University of Chicago and economics <laughs> and communism, but hey, you know, at least I was up to the, up to the challenge. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate <laughs> I know your my economics. Thank you. I appreciate that. And maybe somehow, some way, we will come up with that new economic model that will start working for all of us, not just a select few. Somebody, Somebody's going to. Absolutely. And it will most likely be the people that we've been talking about, the visionaries like yourself, right. who are open-minded and not putting those limitations on themselves. They're thinking critically. They're, they're problem-solving all the time, and they want to help humanity in those ways. So we can be supportive of them and their thought. And like you said, not negate anybody's experience because exactly. those are the individuals who are going to see the way. Exactly. I, think I do have three final questions for you uh, that I ask everybody, and uh, you may have answered them during, throughout the interview, but I like to ask them directly. Okay. Before <laughs> I do, however, I need to let you know and thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., as well as our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. We are on podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, My Heart, iHeart Radio, as well as Amazon Music. I've got to take a breath here. There are just too many of those locations. As well as watching these interviews on YouTube, the Tell Me Your Story channel. Hope you'll go there and subscribe to either the podcast or the uh, video cast. We also hope that if these programs resonate with you, if you find them interesting, uh, then we would ask that uh, you support us financially. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. All you have to do is go to a PayPal and put in my email address, richard at richarddugan.com. Send any amount. Uh, you know, we'll we'll take whatever you send us. It's gratefully appreciated. <clears throat> and we'll even take energetic support as well. So please do what you can. 
and also participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where <clears throat> you uh, go within to connect with your world. I'm going to put it that way. Connect with your world by spending some time in that quiet, peaceful place, listening to that still small voice. And with all of that said, <clears throat> my final three questions for our very special guest here on the program, who has written a great little book called Four Gifts of Highly Sense of the Highly Sensitive: Embrace the Science of Sensitivity, uh, Heal Anxiety and Relationships, and Connect with Your World. Connect deeply with your world. First of those three questions is, who is Courtney Marcassani? Oh, my gosh. I would say I'm a teacher. That's what comes to mind. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? To raise awareness and, and action and create action. And finally, what is your life's purpose? To teach one of the new ways. To teach one of the new ways, most definitely. One of the new ways. Well, Courtney, I want to thank you again for joining us. Courtney Marcassani. Uh, website is inspiredpotentials.com. I love that title. It's a, it's a I great have a question for you, too, before we go. Very quick. Was that Tanya Tucker in the opening, the country music? Because it sounded like her. Tell me your story. <laughs> Who actually, is that country woman singing that song? Actually, it was an Irish woman by the name of Mary Black. And the title, of, Black. The, the title of the song happens to be Flesh of My Flesh. Uh, the lyrics basically go, tell me your story. Uh, I'll do my best to understand. We're flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is the title of the song. All right. I'm going right. to look it up. Thank All right. you. Thank you so much. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, love to lol.